is she? Shanna, the Jungle Queen. Hello, I'm Mark Sweeney, and this is I'm the Gun's Shanna Showcase, a podcast devoted to the adventures of Marvel's greatest jungle queen, Shanna the She-Devil. Last time out, I began coverage of a ten-part Shanna solo serial running through the anthology title Marvel Comics Presents. And this time, I'll be recapping the next four chapters, which ran through issue numbers 70 through 73. Before I get into this episode's content, I just want to mention something I got this year as a Christmas present. Issue number 43 of Back Issue Magazine. Back Issue is a great publication put out by Two Morrows. It's edited by former DC editor Michael Urey. Each issue seems to be chock full of articles about comics from the the Bronze Age through, I guess, pretty much the present. Someone who knows me very well gave me issue 43, and this issue's cover star is Shanna. There are great articles inside about the origins and publication history of the character with interviews with various creators, including Carol Suling, who's the recognized creator of the character. One of the benefits of doing this podcast, I find, is that I'm learning so much. Uh, just in the, the pretty cursory research that I end up doing for each episode. I've got to say, had I known about the wealth of information in this issue of Back Issue before I started Shanna Showcase, I'm not so sure I would have bothered. It's all right here in this in this one issue. There's also a nice feature on Rima the Jungle Girl, which has me rethinking one of my own upcoming episodes that I'd had planned. There's tons of other stuff in this issue of Back Issue, so if you want to know more about Shanna, Kazar, Claw the Unconquered, I'd recommend picking this up. You can find Back Issues on the Two Morrows website. So Marvel Comics Presents ran four stories per bi-monthly issue, and almost always the lead story starred Wolverine. In the case of issue number 70, the lead story continued a Wolverine-Ghostwriter team-up. And besides the Shanna story we'll be going over, there's a chapter of a Daredevil serial, and a story starring a trio of Russian ladies, the Black Widow, Dark Star, and Starlight. The wraparound cover to this issue is by Rob Liefeld, and my biggest complaint is that Shanna is given only as much real estate on the back cover as one link in Ghost Rider's pretty impressive chains. So the entire Shanna serial is called The Bush of Ghosts. But chapter 3 is subtitled One Good Soul, and it's done by the creative team of writer Gerard Jones, who I'd mentioned last time out was at this time writing Green Lantern and scripting Justice League Europe over at DC. The art is by Paul Gulesi and Gary Martin. It's lettered by Jade Mode and colored by Steve Matson. This chapter opens on the island of Zanzibar, where the villain of the piece, Sir Guy Cross Wallace, is headquartered. Sir Guy has been guilty of things like diamond smuggling and poaching and gets a kick out of drinking rhino blood and practicing African magic. These acts have gotten Shanna O'Hara and others on his case, and his associate Kulia senses the approach of their various pursuers. Sir Guy, who Galicia and Martin make look kind of like a young Vincent Price, 
takes it all in stride and allows Akulia to order the tribal warriors slash poachers under his command to track down the white leopard woman and to bring them her head. Sir Guy interrupts, hinting at a, a past association with Shanna, saying he's had too many pleasant memories of that head, so eh, just leave her dismembered body somewhere. We next see the arrival at the airport of Dubose Wilson, a jive-talking New York diamond fence whose personal money problems have led him to be proactive and to seek out his contact, Sir Guy Cross-Wallace, not realizing the shitstorm he's about to enter. He's having a little trouble fitting in and communicating with his Tanzanian quote-unquote brothers, but he manages, with the help of a large roll of American currency, to pry the location of Sir Guy's residence from, from some local gents. Next, a group of Sir Guy's warriors invade a city residence. They ransack the empty place, pulling some panties out of a suitcase, and one of them, unfortunately, for them, opens the door to a room containing a snarling black leopard. A woman in burka outside, pumping some water, turns toward the loud screams that follow when we see the green eyes of Shanna. It's a nice organic alarm system she's had installed there. That night, Sir Guy and Akulia, now three warriors down, thanks to the leopard, anticipate a visit from Shanna, and they are not disappointed. For the first time, this adventure in her fighting togs, the leopard-skin bikini puts in its first appearance. She scales the estate walls and sneaks past a few warriors, but runs into some trouble with several others, going knife to machete, but she manages to stick a few. Unlike other Marvel superstars, Shanna is not averse to taking the lives of those she perceives to be evildoers in these, in these tough situations. Sir Guy suggests to Akulia she pop her drum tape on and enter a trance, which she does while sacrificing a chicken. Her trance, I guess, allows her to remotely track Shanna's advance. Sir Guy communicates with several more warriors via radio, and the numbers begin to pile up. Shanna takes on all comers atop the estate wall, even those armed with pistols, but her next attacker is shot from behind by the just-arrived Dubose Wilson, who wonders what a sweet mama such as herself is doing messing around here. And that's it for Chapter 3. Chapter 4 is in the very next issue of Marvel Comics Presents. John Byrne draws issue 71's wraparound cover. Wolverine and Ghost Rider continue to get the prime spot on the front, but Shanna gets her fair third of the back cover sharing it with co-features Daredevil and Warlock of the New Mutants. So the action picks right up where it left off in this chapter, called Things Fall Apart, as Shanna and Dubo sneak into Sir Guy's island home. Shanna's thoughts reveal she's been here before, and when the pair find no sign of Sir Guy, Shanna lets slip that he was always good at running out on people. A couple of things they do discover, however, are the dead body of Akulia, who'd apparently been strangled by a pearl necklace, no doubt Sir Guy's doing, and some travel orders for several prominent Africans administered through a small, shady airline in town. Shanna's plan now is for Dubose to masquerade as one of these prominent citizens, I guess, and 
herself as his mistress as they follow through with whatever and wherever Sir Guy had in mind. We next see journalist Eric Heller, who's been on the trail of some stolen diamonds, and he's been getting ever closer to the center of this mystery. He's discovered by an at first very distrustful Jeremy McHale, who's been on the trail of Sir Guy's group of warrior poachers, which was responsible for slaughtering McHale's fellow reserve wardens. The two think there may be a connection between the diamonds and the poachers, they're right, and the pair pay off a succession of people for some information, sending them further and further down the river. They, they witness the arrival of a seaplane, and aboard is Shanna, who seems to know Jeremy, and the group decides to carry on together down the river. And that ends chapter four. Chapter 5, called Ant Hills of the Savannah, is in issue number 72, and this issue contains the first chapter of a little story called Weapon X. When I started piecing together this run a few years ago, I was a little intimidated when I found out the last half of Shanna's serial coincided with Weapon X, which is the story of Wolverine's origin, because there had been so much buzz around the time of its original release. Thought I'd be paying through the nose for the rest of the Shanna story, as I mentioned last episode, it has yet to be collected, which is a rotten shame. But I guess the furor has died down over the years. I think the story's even been retconned, hasn't it? And these Weapon X issues are available for just a couple bucks each. The Weapon X story was written and illustrated by Barry Windsor Smith, who also illustrates the cover, but guess he could only be bothered with the front cover as Jackson Geis draws Shanna, her old buddy Daredevil, and Red Wolf, the issue's other features on the, on the backside. Shanna's story opens with her little group on a little boat heading down the river. Shanna has pieced together the connection between the poachers, the animals, and the diamonds. Sir Cross Wallace has the animals captured by his warriors, has stolen diamonds forced down their throat, and exports the animals overseas where their stomachs are cut out and the diamonds sold. Now they're tracking Cross Wallace and his invited group of influential Africans interested in magic into the deepest, darkest jungle. Eric Heller, the journalist, asks Shanna, Who are you? And she responds, I'm Shanna. No, she tells him that he wants to master things with words, as a journalist, but words aren't that strong out here. And Dubose Wilson pipes in saying, nothing's strong out here except the bugs, which is a little foreshadowing to this chapter's cliffhanger. So the group on their boat begin to pass a couple of villages. In one, they see a group of slaughtered Tanzanian border patrol, other villages are completely abandoned, and at least one we see, all of the adults are killed and the children are missing. DuBose asks himself <laughs> what he's getting into here. They find a spot to camp for the night, and Shanna rustles up some grub. Heller and the warden, Mikhail, get into a little Black Lives Matter discussion, and when asked by Shanna 
his opinion, Dubose Wilson says all he's interested in in his stones, baby. Just want my stones. Later that night, Shanna and a pet leopard she's brought along are roused from their sleep by some noises in the jungle. Shanna doffs her clothes. Heller asks why she's going out dressed like that, and she says I can only assume half-joking because it turns me on. Wielding a knife and running through the brush, Shanna sees silhouettes above of what look like Cross Wallace's warriors jumping through the trees. I love the look of this page where she suddenly hears a loud scream. The jungle plants cast a stark shadows on her face, kind of accentuating her jungle prowess and wildness. She makes her way toward the source of the scream and sees a man wearing a headdress like those worn by the warriors, buried up to his neck by two, by three giant hives. And in the last splash page of the chapter, we see the face of terror itself as a legion of red ants crawl all over the poor guy's head as again he screams. It's this image that sticks with me always when I think back to the story. Absolutely terrifying. In fact, I'm scratching my face right now. It gives me the creeps. Since I'm committed to keeping these episodes to a reasonable... 30 minutes or less length. Chapter 6, called Dance of the Forest. This 10-parter will be the last I cover this time out. It's in issue number 73, which Shanna shares with another chapter of Weapon X. Also a Black Knight story and a Submariner story. Front covers by Barry Windsor Smith, and the back covers by Brett Blevins, and this would not be the last time Blevins would draw Shanna. All right, so the guy covered in ants. Shanna asks him in his own language what he's doing there. The warrior stammers that Guy Cross Wallace kills anyone who questions him. Seems this warrior is not taking kindly to Sir Guy's appropriation of their ancient magic and screams that the gods will strike Sir Guy down. He begs Shanna to free him. She says she can't dig him out without getting covered in ants herself, and the warrior says she misunderstands. <laughs> He wants to be freed from the pain. So Shanna raises her knife high and does what she has to off-panel. Meanwhile, Heller gets antsy, sorry, and runs off after Shanna and quickly gets himself captured. Shanna returns to the rest of her group only to find Heller now missing. Dubose Wilson wants to forget him, but Shanna correctly assumes if they find Heller, they'll have found Sir Guy. Restrained at gunpoint, Heller, we see, listens to Sir Guy voices ambition. He's, according to himself, not only some smuggler, some mere killer. He plans on returning the soul to Africa by unleashing a wave of ancient spirits to enliven this exploited land. He's not taking any backtalk from Heller and tells some unseen underling to prepare the clay. Things may not go so well here for Heller. Shanna and her group follow the sounds of drumming toward their prey, though Dubose is a little jumpy and shoots at the slightest noise, in one case almost killing a monkey, for which he gets a swift kick from Shanna. Jeremy McHale is starting to lose it as well, and is ready to adopt the attitude of, it's hopeless, let's just take a few of the bastards with us. 
Inside Sir Guy's stockade, there's quite the party going on. Dancing, drumming, spear-waving, animal blood drinking. Eric Heller is brought before Sir Guy, restrained in a crouching position to a long wooden pole. He's then doused, completely covered in large pots of what I guess is soft clay, and a little spout is forced into his mouth so he can breathe. But then the long pole, which I guess you'd call a spit, is suspended above a fire and Heller is turned like a rotisserie chicken. Sir Guy says his death will help consecrate their new citadel. What a, what a horrifying way to go, but but Shannon and company will arrive in time and save the day, right? Right. Gathered outside the stockade, Shannon and her group hear screams. Mikhail wants to bust right in there, but Shannon attempts to calm him. She understands his need for vengeance for her, his fallen comrades. But cooler heads must prevail if they want to get out of there alive. When Dubose steps in, in agreement with Shanna, Mikhail decks him and runs toward the stockade. Shanna runs him down and takes him down, but Mikhail's gun goes off, which alerts those in the compound, and in the cliffhanger panel, Shanna and Mikhail find themselves fixed in a bright spotlight by several armed warriors. So this episode's chapters were a little more straightforward action as opposed to the First two, which had a bit of setup, a bit of exposition, told in a little bit more abstract way. I really like how easily Shanna has slid into the leadership role of her ragtag group, proving her mettle as a, a solo hero again. Although at the end here, she's having a hard time holding it together, her group at least. She's been cool under fire, and I think Gerard Jones has a real... Real good handle on her character, perhaps just as good as Steve Gerber had in the early days of her solo book. Alright, I'm going to finish things up in the next Shanna Showcase. I want to thank John D. Knoll for the Twitter like. Check me out on Twitter where I post as at Mark Sweeney Jr. You can check out previous episodes of Shanna Showcase and images from the issues I cover at my blog, imthegun.blogspot.com. You can also find episodes of Shanna Showcase or my other show, Reboot Review, devoted to DC's The Legion of Superheroes on iTunes. Just search for I'm the Gun, Reboot Review, or Shanna Showcase. If you like what you hear, or hate what you hear, leave an iTunes review or a comment on the blog. Or you can email me at I'm the Gun, I M T H E G U N, at gmail.com. Okay, I'll be back most likely in two weeks with the conclusion of The Bush of Ghosts. So until then, see you on the Savannah.